Yo, uh, what's up? Welcome back to Gen Alpha Talk. In today's episode, I'll be talking about some habits of the most effective leaders. This is backed by uh, considerable science, so if you want to argue with me, argue with science. Alright, and for the record, I'm still pissed about the Fulham lost yesterday, but uh, I'm going to go vent my angriness outside of this episode, okay? So I'll try to sh- remain cheerful as long as possible. Okay, uh, being a boss requires walking the fine line between meeting business needs and meeting employee needs. Most bosses, when push comes to bottom line shove, put business goals first. Great bosses, they realize it's possible to take steps that improve employee engagement, fulfillment, and well-being, with at the same time a positive bottom line impact. Because great bosses do good things for their employees, they're also good for business. Want to be a great boss? Here's some of the steps you can adopt starting today. They promote the right people. When employees believe promotions are managed effectively compared with other companies in the same industry. Productivity metrics are 30% higher. The turnover rate is 50% lower. Employees are five times more likely to feel their leaders act with integrity. Stock return exceeds market averages by five times. Granted, you can't explain every promotion decision. You shouldn't explain every promotion decision. You should never publicly compare employees in any way. But you can make sure to people understand the value and the key drivers of outstanding performance of every role. Fair means selecting the person best suited to do the job. So the more people understand that responsibilities, goals, and targets of the job, the more likely they are to see the decisions you make as fair. Take a step back and look at the criteria used. Instead of focusing on qualifications, determine what the perfect person to your job will actually do. After all, you aren't filling a position. You're putting the right person to your job, right? You don't promote titles. As Dharmesh Shah, the co-founder of HubSpot, says, you need a doer of stuff that needs to get done. If teamwork matters most, promote the best team player. If productivity matters most, promote your most efficient and effective employee. If getting the right things done matters most, when does that not matter most? Promote the person who not only gets the right things done, but who also is best at encouraging, motivating, and helping others do the same. If you want a specific example, they promote the right leader for work setting. A study published in Journal of Business and Phascology uh, sought to determine which people employees would choose to be their leaders in a variety of workplace settings. In person teams, virtual teams, and hybrid teams. In person teams, in the tended to choose charismatic, confident, extroverted people as their leaders. Virtual teams, they choose doers. They choose people great at planning, at prioritizing, at staying on task, and helping others stay on task. 84% chose people who would help them get things done, functional skills, and task-oriented behaviors that help teams and individuals accomplish their objectives. Which is good news for all the task-oriented, resource-oriented, dependent people who wonder if all their hard work will ever pay off. And here's the thing, maybe your workplace has returned to in-person or maybe you've embraced a hybrid model. Doesn't matter, the mindset, the focus on you, not where you do it, remains which means employees want to work for someone who helps them get things done, and not who just knows how to talk a good game. Bosses hold very few meetings. A recent meta-analysis of more than a decade of research shows 90% of employees feel meetings are costly and unproductive, and that they're right. Employee productivity increased by over 70% when meetings were reduced by 40%.
Fewer meetings give employees more time to get things done and make them smarter. One study found that when employees attend meetings, the average IQ of each individual drops by between 15 and 20%. Why? If you're like a junior member of a group, your IQ drops. As in most situations, confidence matters a lot. If your contribution won't be valued, your IQ drops. If other people criticize overly or implicitly your contributions, your IQ drops. But what about meetings that don't start on time, which sadly is most meetings? Those meetings are a third less effective. In terms of outcome, both actual and perceived, that meetings that start on time. That's why great bosses hold fewer meetings, especially when the goal is to brainstorm or problem solve. Idea generation dramatically improves when people first come up with ideas by themselves or with at most one or two others. That typically leads to greater diversity in ideas, better analysis of the pros and cons of those ideas, and much greater odds of a larger group eventually decide to convene a larger group, eventually identifying the best idea. They also deal with toxic employees. A couple of fun facts. Adding a superstar to the team boosts employee morale by 16% and saves the average company approximately $6,000 per year. Removing the toxic employee from a team boosts employee morale by 61% and saves the average company over $13,000 per year. While superstars typically make the people around them better, the behavior and impact of toxic employees tend to be even more infectious. Toxic, to- toxic people cause other employees to leave an organization faster and more frequently. Toxic people negatively impact the productivity of those around them. Toxic people can even turn good employees into bad ones. According to one study, if you're exposed to these toxic workers, then you become more likely to ultimately be terminated later on. And when the toxic employee is in a leadership position, the turnover rate increases 60%, with a bias toward regretted quits. Or in non-researchers speak, the people you really don't want to lose because great employees can always find another job. The bottom line, good bosses work hard to develop and reward superstar employees. Great bosses work even harder to deal with and, if necessary, remove toxic employees. They avoid serving a feedback sandwich. Most of us were taught to deliver constructive feedback using the feedback sandwich. Start with positive, share with negative, close with positive. Unfortunately, a feedback sandwich is always tough to swallow. According to a study published in Management Review Quarterly, the feedback sandwich almost always fails to correct negative or subpar behaviors. Why? While well, one in five people appreciate the positives, three out of four feel manipulated, nine out of ten feel patronized, and only seven percent actually change the behavior in question. Here's a better approach from Culture Code, author Daniel Coyle. A study conducted in 2014 shows including one sentence can make feedback up to 40% more effective. I'm giving you these comments because I have very high expectations and I know that you can reach them. Why is that sentence so effective? It signals three key things to employee. One, you're part of this group. Two, this group is special. We have higher standards. Three, I believe you can reach those standards. Instead of a feedback sandwich, the result is more like a relationship sandwich. No manipulation. No platitudes, no irrelevant compliments, no false hope. Just clear, direct feedback delivered inside a message of connection, belonging, and trust. That's the difference between a feedback sandwich and genuine, honest feedback. Because good bosses know that while their employees may not want to hear where they can improve, they appreciate the knowledge. They respect the person who provides this, and that also makes them respect you. Jeff Dog will say thank you. This is the end of my episode. Hope you guys had a great listen. If you did, hit the like, subscribe, and share. And I'll see you guys next time. Goodbye.